0: Alive and Kicking is brought to you in association with PartyPoker.com. Sign up now using the bonus code AK90s and PartyPoker will match your initial deposit. Mm
1: Welcome to Live and Kicking, the 90s football podcast. The podcast that's more 90s than Pat Sharp and the Funhouse Twins. My name's Ash Rose and I've been put in charge of this walk down memory lane into a decade that we like to say changed football. And today I'm really, really excited because we're talking classic kits. Something that the 90s very much is known for. And for anyone who, who knows me or follows me on Twitter or even got a little wind of it on the last week's podcast, they know I'm a bit of a kit geek. So we'll get to that in all due due course. We'll hopefully have a special guest on the phone as well. We'll ask him about any memorable kits that he might have worn as well. Um, Before we kick off and introduce the guest, though, I just want to say a massive thank you uh, to everyone who listened and downloaded the first pod last week. Uh, We had such a, a great response. I didn't really expect it as well. So many thanks to everyone. We're in the top 25 on the iTunes charts on the first night's ratings uh, above such heavy hitters as TalkSport and uh, the official Liverpool one. So thanks again to everyone. Um, please do k- listen to this one if you're not already, which that doesn't make sense. But listen to the next one. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter at AK90s and on Facebook for forward slash AK90s. So do drop us any comment on there. Um, let us know what you'd like us to, to talk about because we're always open to, to themes on the podcast. And also if you've got any mementos, we we'd love seeing that. You might have noticed um, I, we try and tweet as many as different things as we can, whether it be merchandise or old adverts, or TVs and stuff. But if you've got anything yourself that is lying around your loft or in, in your cupboards, do tweet a picture and we'll retweet and everything because we love to see those 90s mementos. I think we might even see a few tonight here on the table that we'll uh, tweet as the evening goes on and post them throughout the week. But so on to tonight's guest. And as I said, the theme is classic kits, something the 90s is very infamous for. Um, It went a bit crazy in the 90s, something that I loved, something that I don't think is enough of uh, anymore. If anyone has seen the new Norwich third kit, I think the people here would agree it's pretty 90s, the new Norwich kit. It
2: is, it is.
1: Indeed. So let me introduce my guest. Firstly, um, I'm delighted to have, well, I like to call him the kit oracle. He's a man who, who pretty much lives football kits, even more than me. Um, as uh, the author of two amazing True, Colour Colour, uh, True Colours kit books and the website of the same fan as well. He was a Liverpool fan growing up and with a bit of a Scotland fan. Is that what we're going to go with? Definitely
2: Scotland, I think. Today.
1: Yeah, Scotland yeah. tonight. And that's John, Le- John Devlin. <laughs> I can say your name correctly. John Devlin. Hello. Hello, Shaden. I'm good, thank you. Uh, next to him um, is someone, if you've been on the internet at all in the last 18 months, you probably would have clicked a link through to this man's. Workplace and and a site called Buzzfeed, and in the last was it six months? I'd say football's been part of it.
3: Yeah, yeah, about even two months. I really? Think,
1: yeah. yeah. So yeah, so it's now covers football, and it's uh, lots of lists and, and quizzes, which keeps me busy during the day when I should be doing what I'm doing for Kick Magazine. But yeah, uh, Bristol Rovers fan as well, which is a bit different for us. Richard Beach, good, good evening, sir.
3: Yeah, here to uh, represent the mighty Bristol Rovers. Bristol
1: Ro- we've got Ian Holloway in common, though, so that's <laughs> something to reminisce about, absolutely. Dennis Bailey, didn't he play for Bristol Rovers as well?
3: What, when? Because... I was a Bristol Rovers fan from about 96, 97. No, it might have been, been just always. before that. Because the that.
1: whole Ian Hollow because we had Darren Peacock and Andy Tilson as well. I'll stop talking, keep you, I've already <laughs> been told I've been talking about that. And lastly, to my left, we have another 90s football encyclopedia, I like to call him. A big supporter of Life and Kicking as well. I was there at the launch. Uh, we did a quiz for the book a couple of years ago. Uh, and someone who's a bit of a kit geek like myself calls himself a sponsor expert. If uh, Love a sponsor. Loves a sponsor. We might put that to to the test later on, but hello to uh, Liam Matthewman.
0: Hello. Thanks for
1: having me. Oh, thank you for coming on.
0: Delighted.
1: So what we're going to do, we'll talk kits in just a bit. Like I said, we've got someone hopefully on the phone to speak to as well, but if you listen to last week, you will hear that what I'd like to do, to get to know our guest just a little bit better before we start talking about the theme, is something I call the 90s football CV. So I'm looking straight at Richard, so I'm going to go back to Bristol Rovers. So sum up. Will be the late, sort of late, mid to late 90s then for, for Bristol Rovers. In one, it, we said one sentence last week and the boys went on and on. So I'm going to try one sentence, but go ahead.
3: I would say a, a decade of promise but lack of achievement. Uh, we had some beautiful players, and now I've definitely done more than one sentence, but we had, we had, we had Jason Roberts, Barry Hales, uh, Mark Waters, uh, a great player called Frankie Bennett. Um, Gary Penrose, Ian Holloway. Oh, link there. Yeah, yeah. It was a beautiful, beautiful decade, but we just didn't do anything. <laughs> Nothing whatsoever. <laughs> what leagues
1: did they bounce around in? In we were Division Two, Division then, to the so, old Division Two.
3: Yeah. yeah, and we were, you know, we were fighting with Bristol City at that point to be the the biggest club in Bristol, um, and they won the battle. Sadly, so now we're in League Two. You're still
1: trying to fight that battle. but yeah. And so you mentioned a few players there. Best club player of the 90s then? Would it be one of that lot or are you going to throw me your left field name now?
3: No, well, it is difficult. I thought about it a lot, but I would say Barry Hales just because I think I was about 10 years old or something. And um, just seeing this guy just skin players for fun <laughs> and knock him in from wherever he wanted to was, uh, was brilliant. But it was between him and Jason Roberts. We also had Nathan Ellington. It was... Yeah, didn't
1: they just, all play for oh Barry Howes didn't but the other two played for Wigan didn't they later they did, on yeah. really successfully Yeah, and Barry Howes of course at Fulham and then best 90s player overall outside of the Rovers
3: yeah I'm going for Cantona just because yeah, um, I think that's
1: going to become a regular yeah that, that collar to <laughs> yeah. me
3: is just everything that was my childhood in one image basically. the Nike
1: advert which I'm sure we'll talk about at some point <laughs> in this podcast the had our rivals. We will live long in the memory. On to John, then. We were going to talk Liverpool, but we've decided last minute to put him on the spot and go a bit left field and talk Scotland in the 90s, which, I don't know, some might be gr- grimacing at that, because, I don't know, 98 was pretty good, so go on. Well, Off the top of your head, John, <laughs> sum up Scotland in the
2: 90s. As a Scotland fan, we kind of grimace every day. Eh? It, doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't matter, matter when we talk. I would say a solid team that was much greater than its individual parts. Mm, that's pretty... And a sentence, a nice sentence Sounds oh, was yeah, right, very good, good, good yeah. Good.
1: Best, well I was going to say club But obviously we're now talking country So best player in that I mean there's been a few there was a good, That was a good era for Scottish players It was wasn't
2: I mean there were some good players There There was no massively great flair players mm. But some good players there That did work together as a team I think they always punched above their weight mm. As a team Didn't achieve anything Didn't let in many goals Didn't score many goals So it was You know I'm going to go for Gary McAllister mm. Um, always felt so sorry for him with the England game in Euro 96. That was Uri Geller's fault, though, wasn't it? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you know we're
1: led to believe... <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, up in his helicopter, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, apparently, he? yeah. The ball moved, all like that, it just from a bending spoon. Well. It did move, it whether did. it was Uri Geller or not, I don't know. <laughs> but he was such an ambassador for Scotland. He got a little bit of stick as well, which I always felt a little bit sorry for him. And, of course, he joined Liverpool in 2000. Mm. And, you know, one of those few Liverpool signings that actually does the business. Mm. He it was, was
1: late on in his career as well, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And
2: I raised eyebrows at the time. Mm. I think he'd been at Coventry, hadn't he, I think, just before. Yeah. And, um, yeah, but he, he he did well, and he's still very highly regarded. I think he's back there in he's he's his coaching. The coaching role. Yeah,
1: he was one of those seven out of ten players I like to call him Gary McAllister. Yeah. <laughs> he was always in my dad's dream team. Always, my dad always used to we used to as a used to face each other. That would be the you know the preseason battle who can pick the better. My dad always Letitia and McAllister. They were the two that he always bowled straight. That's he built it. his team around. <laughs> he went for the flair and the solid in the middle. That's yeah. it. That's yeah. what you want. He yeah. scored
3: one of Liverpool's most important goals as well, surely with a free kick that Ever, think, against Evan. Yeah. yeah. And he
2: also, did, he also scored in that, that um, what was it, was it, the UEFA Cup final? Oh, the, 5-4 the 5 4 in five, yeah. 2001. Yeah. I forget who, that, who they played. Out, then. Alves, oh, was it? Yeah. yeah. I knew it'd be MVA, that was it. Yeah. yeah. And best 90s player, are you going to go Scotland or are you going to go a bit outside? No, I think it's going to be either Robbie Fowler or Zola. Oh, OK. But I'm going to go for Fowler because, mm. again, one of those few Liverpool players that really did do the business that decade. All the others, but not all the others, so many of the others were overconfident, didn't really do it, but that's, that was his decade. Yeah, so, yeah go Phenomen
1: God as they call him. At exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you more of a Fowler than an Owen man? Oh, definitely.
2: Because
1: yeah, he doesn't. I can't get, he doesn't. Owen. Yeah. I can't even before him. that, I always thought. I mean, we'll talk Michael Owen because I'm a big fan of Michael, and I'm sure we'll talk about him loads on this podcast this season. But just quickly, I just never thought, even before he joined Man I never quite got the love at
2: Liverpool, did it? There was a distance there. Yeah, I couldn't put my finger on what it was. So there was a distance Whereas Fowler was just embraced. So
1: yeah, but I don't know, Well, maybe one day Liverpool fans can tell us. Then lastly, over to to the Arsenal. Um, God, it's a it was a decade. And a half because I'm sure you know going through this, we'll be talking to Arsenal a lot. Um, what happened in the 90s? So, but Gordon, for you personally, how would you sum them up? The sentence, Liam,
0: it was a bit, it was a great decade, don't get me wrong. Because, start of it, we won the league '91, we won the league '98, but the interim, <laughs> so was a cup worse. double in '93, yeah, the cup winners' cup '94.
1: But, then there was Naeem, yeah.
0: Then we kind of had to... Well, yeah, we won't talk about <laughs> that, but um, you have a couple of years, then Wenger comes in, and we sort of like went from this boring defensive side that just strung out, a bit like Chelsea now, yeah, um, to this attacking flair that no one had ever seen before. We changed, Wenger came in, changed the diets, did everything like that. I mean... I moan about the 90s, but when I look back at it, I actually think to myself, what, what have you got to moan about?
1: Mm, yeah. It was like a tale of two teams, really, mm. when you look at it from the early 90s, Literally Arsenal, when- the George Graham, yeah. and then, like you say, the philosophy and everything that Arsene has put into mm. the game. It's incredible to... I know we all grew up with Alex Ferguson being in charge for 25 years, but he's getting there now, and yeah. it's crazy to think he was—he became manager in the 90s. So best 90s... Oh, you've got, lot, you've got a lot to choose from here, so best if you could pick one...
0: Arsenal or in general? Let's go Arsenal first. Arsenal, it has to be Tony Adams hmm. because he's my favourite ever Arsenal player. So yeah. I can't, and he yeah. played in the nineties. So I can't not say. Him. If it wasn't him, if I went sort of outside that, I'm torn between Ian Wright and Dennis Bergkamp. Yeah, yeah uh, Dennis Bergkamp, probably the best player we've ever had. I and, and I, mean, I,
1: yeah, I quoted that I think he's the best foreigner the Premier League's ever yeah. seen. I think, and,
0: and I, I've seen Thierry Henry. Mm. And I, I still think Dennis Bergkamp was the best player. at Arsenal, certainly the best signing. Yeah, we've ever made. Um outside of Arsenal, it's got to be Gaza. Yeah, got to be Gaza.
1: I've already we said this last week. I mean, we had Cantona and we had Gaza, and I think it was going to be a recurring theme. And I think at some point down the line we'll do a Paul Gascoigne podcast because there is just so much you can say <laughs> about the man. I mean, what was it? Is there a particular moment of his that stands out for you? Is it Euro 96? it yes. I've got a Scotland fan shaking his head
0: over there. <laughs> it's either Euro96 or I'm unfortunately I'm old enough to remember Italia ninety when they came back and he had that Gazzabelli yep. thing. Uh, he was just he was just a real person. Yeah. Like not not so much now like now, like the footballers are and I get that they're on a lot of money, they have to look after themselves, they have to do this and do that. I get that. But like he, he liked to drink, didn't he? Yeah, he liked to go out. He was a bit of a clown. I've heard
1: he's like he likes a drink. Yes, yeah. I mean, but not, no, a fantastic, yeah. Um, as we've said and will say, since he was to me, he was the nineties. Yeah, he's, I mean, Colin Hendry can still see that. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> he you can still what? see that ball said, day, can't he? <laughs> I knew this would happen.
2: I've never, I've never seen that goals since that day. Really? Every time it comes on, I look. I look away. I can't watch it's it. It's what Colin Hendry did. I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Anyway, we'll, we'll stop that now. It's not fair on the Scotland fan in the room. Um, we're going to speak to uh, our guest in a minute, hopefully. Um, but before we do, um, and we talk about kits, before we talk about individual, because um, there's so many to talk from, I'm just going to throw it to John really quickly. Um, being the kit oracle that you are, what the hell happened in the 90s with football kits? Well,
2: I was thinking about this on the way up here. Something did happen, didn't it? <laughs> I, think, I think there was that massive kind of postmodern retro look that came in at the end of the 80s. Mm-hmm. And it just got larier and larier and more outrageous. And then it almost simplified again in some, in some, by some manufacturers. But the shirts were so big, they were so baggy, they were so patterned, they were so dense. They had so much going on in them. Um, and, and everything changed, even the way the manufacturers rendered their logos changed. So, you know, icons, graphics would go, it'd just be text only. There'd be all sorts going on. So... But what a, what a great decade for kids, though. Still maintain that.
1: It's, well, I think... I, I'm biased because I'm in charge of this podcast, but I do think it's probably the, the best. In terms of creatively, whether you like them or not, I think the 90s were definitely the best... Kit wise, I mean, we, we know the ones we're probably going to talk about outside those ones that we're also, is, is there any that stand out for you that we, that we haven't that we know we're going to talk about later that you want to mention? Well, I on?
2: mean, two of the ones I mean, I, I always I, I kind of avoid worst kit scenarios, I yeah. always prefer to look at best kits, yeah, yeah, that's what I always do. Best two kits for me, Newcastle United's Adidas 95 96, both the home and away were classic Newcastle and the Is um, that
0: when they had brown ale? That's as a, the
2: proper the, they yeah. should always have that. That should yeah. be a rule. For like New- yeah. yeah. Tottenham should you should Newcastle
1: JVC yeah. and Newcastle <laughs> should have brown ale. That is the way it should be.
2: <laughs> but It was almost it wasn't just the the blue star logo of Newcastle mm. Scottish Newcastle Breweries. It looked like someone had peeled the label off a bottle and stuck it on the shirt, <laughs> which is kind of figures. It kind of makes sense. But it was the last time that Newcastle wore really decent stripes as well.
1: What was the away? Are we talking the rugby kit? That's Ooh, the one. Yeah, yeah the, the blue and oh, oh, what yeah. you mean yeah. the Maroon and Purple navy Purple and Yeah, yeah. That, that was, was a good kit actually With
2: cream of course Or ecru as it was known <laughs> oh, which, you know.
1: No one has ever Ever <laughs> worn a crew Apart from in the They went with this fa- Liverpool star idea I think yeah, In right. uh, sort of 96 I think Charlton, as My local club Who always are a bit Behind yeah. everything else um, They had it I think their first season In the Premier League And a couple of others It was Southampton the, I, and West Ham I don't Ham, yeah. know where That colour disappeared to No
2: it's funny Well I, it's going to be back Because obviously This is what's going on With kits at the moment It's all about different colours So I think it will be back I Hopefully, so, because
1: yeah. from what we hear, it hasn't actually officially been launched yet, that the third Man United kit's going to represent, in some form, the blue one, which we'll talk about later, the early
0: 90s Adidas one. That, oh, OK. Which, I hate Man United. Oh, isn't that the one kit, they saw? They that kit one, was 6-1, didn't
1: they, as well? 6-2. Um, 6-2, I mean, yeah. Right. <laughs> Just before we speak to our guest then, is there, for you, Richard, is there a kit that stands out for you? I mean, I know you tweeted me a certain Bristol Rovers one.
3: Yeah, do you know what? Actually, I, I, I changed my mind about which Brust, uh, Russell Rovers kit it is as well. I think um, we had a, we're, we're famous, and I use famous in a very, very uh, <laughs> loose, loose version of the word, but um, famous for blue and white quarters. And actually, we had blue and white striped quarters with Roman Glass, I think, as the sponsor. And I, if I recall correctly, Seeker made the kit. Um, and that was just something else, yeah. That was. I, I remember I had a choice between having a, a T-Rex toy from from Jurassic Park The Lost World. Oh, there's a 90s reference. Or um, or that kit and that was the the day I became a man and I said, no, (laughs) I'm getting the kit.
1: Yes, that's what we like to hear. And then quickly to Liam, I mean, we're going to talk about certain kits that I'm not going to let you mention at the moment, but is there any, what other kits during the decade do stand out for you, Arsenal-wise?
0: My favourite Arsenal 90s kit was 92 to 94, the home one, with the one they won the cup winners cup in with the v neck with that adidas at the yeah. point. Uh, and with like the I'd like blue and red yeah things yeah, on the yeah. Right. that that was amazing and I still have that kit
1: We've got John and he's not, kindly bought his book and can I mean, show I you I don't carry
2: them around with me all the time <laughs> I, I
1: would I've read them a few times as well I'm also, not just blowing smoke up your bum it's, uh, it's <laughs> a, an absolutely fantastic
2: I'm aware this
0: this is an audio thing. Yeah, well I will tweet a (laughs) lot of this later. I'm being shown basically Arsenal's kits from ninety two to ninety seven and
2: they're all horrifically good. They are good. It was a very rich period, yeah, definitely really
0: the one with the three stripes (laughs) down. That was a beauty. This one, yeah, yeah. Charity Shield Ian Wright scores In, from about yeah, 40 absolutely. yards on see, the I've road. seen
1: some t- people tweeting that the current Puma kit has kind of tried to emulate oh. that, and I don't really see it. Our home
0: kit at the minute is really nice. Yeah. The yeah. away kit is disgusting. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, I like
0: the away kit. No, not for me. It's no. a template, though, I, I isn't I it? <laughs> I don't understand. Uh, why is it gold?
3: The greatest thing you ever did as a club was have that letter A <laughs> yes. on, the, on the shorts. <laughs> it's a very Arsenal,
1: it's a Arsenal font they must have copyrighted that font as well it's very Arsenal it's mm. very arrogant as well it's, it's
3: a <laughs> I don't need to put the rest of it there. stand for Arsenal awesome though <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably was that in time
1: my, I'll go with mine quickly I mean I'm not going to choose a QPR kit because most of the hoops look the same um, I do love the 95-96 away kit which was navy uh, with white pinstripes um, which we've got the season quiz by race got relegated actually that would be my favourite away kit of the 90s of the homes I'm always uh, favouring the, the early 90s the Roy Wegley kits but if we're talking international, I've got it here. And again, I will tweet it later. This would be my favourite kit of the 90s, um, other than another one we'll talk about later, which is the England... Was it third? I think it was third, third kit. kit yeah. Some people still say away kit. It's the third kit from sort of 91, 90... I think they only ever wore it twice. And if my memory serves you right against... I think and Czech, yes. Republic. Czech Republic I was going to say Czech yeah, Republic I think uh, David yeah. White made his debut I remember that in Spain game I think we lost 1-0 and for, for those who aren't on Twitter and on Facebook it is the kit that's all blue sky blue and there's three massive lions um, down the the middle of it and it's it's just not very England it's, it sums up the 90s it's just a bit out there it's just a bit crazy massive because this is a small yeah. <laughs> and that would be my favourite kit so that, that will conclude that part of the favourite kits we'll now Later on, talk about um, some of the most memorable ones, which I know you're all expecting anyway. Um, we'll do that after, hopefully, we'll have uh, our guest today, which is former Sheffield Wednesday striker Richie Humphreys on the phone. So that's talk to him now. Richie, hello and welcome to Alive and Kickin'. How are you doing?
4: I'm very good, thank you. How are you going?
1: I'm very well, thank you very much. Uh, we're talking good. 90s football, obviously, here on the podcast. You made your debut sort of midway through the 90s for Sheffield Wednesday, Ran 96, was it?
4: And I actually made my first um, sub-appearance at my first start um, in 90... Well, my first sub-appearance was probably in 95. I was second-year YTS. Okay. Um, it was QPR away, got on for the last five minutes. We'd won 3-0, so um, being a YTS on sort of £29.50 a week... Um, I was entitled to the first-team
1: win bonus, which was great at the time. <laughs> Brilliant. I'm a KPR fan. I should have known that. So thanks for that straight away, Richie. Um, what was the club like at the time at Sheffield Wednesday? What were the, what the type of players? Because obviously Wednesday, for a long time now, and for more modern-day li- listeners, have, have been a championship club. But at the time, they, they were a, a fairly top-half Premier League side, weren't they? Yeah,
4: absolutely. I mean, whilst I, you know, um, while I was a schoolboy sort of in, in 1993, um, I was probably I was, what, 15 at the time um, Sheffield Wednesday got to both Cup Finals He played Arsenal in um, in the League Cup Final and the FA Cup Final uh, Arsenal winning them both but, um, and sort of, I watched Sheffield Wednesday play in Europe um, I remember them playing Kaiserslautern at home John Sheridan scoring an amazing big kick and then when I was at YTS you sort of, uh, the players that you know boots were used to clean cetera, they were all internationals I mean um, you know, Andy Simpson Des Walker Chris Woods um we had uh, foreign international um Dan Petrescu. Um and we had uh obviously after that Decanio came in mm. and Carboni. Um, but you know Chris Waddle at the time, John Sheridan remember coming back from the nineteen ninety four World Cup a bit later than everybody else when that was that was my first year YTS. So around the building were uh, you know, the top top players. Mm. Um, top players to look up to, top players to Try and uh, strive to get into the team to play alongside. So my upbringing there as a YTS was fantastic. So when you know when I did uh, break into the first team as you know the second year YTS, um, and then you know to get my first couple of starts as a first year professional in and around those players uh, was a real good upbringing for me and a real, um, I think, uh, inspiration to You know where I wanted to do and what I wanted to be as a footballer and make a you know a really good career out of it.
1: Absolutely. That leads to a question we've had on Twitter, actually, from um, Ivan Briley, who says, "Which of the the guys you mentioned are not the names there? Was there anyone in particular of the the senior pros when you were when you were growing up in the YTS that, that helped you? Good guys like Waddle or Hurst or Sheridan was there anyone in particular?
4: Well, yeah, absolutely. Well, all three of them really, in different ways. I mean, I was a centre forward um, as a kid." So, you know, David Hurst was like, you know, an absolute legend and is in Sheffield Wednesday. So, to play alongside him, um, you know, the the great number nine at Sheffield Wednesday, he taught me a few things, certainly on the pitch, but almost, you know, how to carry yourself um, about, you know, disappointment of being left out of teams. And, you know, because obviously you're young, you want to play, um, and, you know, managers change things for various reasons and you don't understand at the time. And obviously now I understand very, very well. I've been in the game for 20 years. So, those sort of things Obviously, he was left footed like me as well, and you know the goals he scored were seemed to be all fantastic finishes um, John Sheridan um, at the time when I was breaking into the reserves was was playing a lot of reserve games and and he he helped me uh, tremendously. I mean many are playing you know getting balls off John Sheridan making runs and John Sheridan picking you out and um, he was sort of demanding as well, really want me to uh, to do well and make sure I held the ball or make sure I got in the box at the right time um because you know it was like Training was exactly like games with with uh, with those players. Every you know everybody wanted to win. Everybody wanted to you know play well and you know get one up on the opposition. And again, that's such a good upbringing for myself. And Chris Waddle at the same time was was sort of coming to the end of his career um, as a player, and I sort of um, picked up things from him. And I played in with him in the reserves, mm. and he then actually went on to be my coach uh, at Sheffield Wednesday as well. So. And you know, I still see him around Sheffield and stuff. And I still see still see David Hurst and seeing John Sheridan at the clubs he's managed and teams have played again. So those three, along with like you know, really you know the, the captain at the time, Peter Atherton yeah, um, a young player who, who we signed, um, Andy Booth, we sort of struck up a partnership for you know a number of games. So there's a lot of players at the time, and my coaches as well, um, all the managers that play I played them. I recently saw my uh, youth team coach Albert Thielen and um, he played at Sheffield when he was a player, and I was. Um, doing a thing with him the other night, and it's great to see him again. Just a good upbringing, how how I've gone in my career, and um, you know, work ethics and, and demands and, and things like that. Yeah, you know, I said in my in my speech at the PFA was that it's not easy being a professional footballer. People probably take it, um, you know, they do get to go out and train every day. Well, we do, but it's obviously it's everything else that goes with it. You know, how you have to conduct yourself on and off the pitch, your lifestyle, your nutrition, everything that goes with it, and you know. Um, to have the longevity I've had I'm,
1: I'm absolutely you know, delighted I've never wanted to do anything else absolutely and I saw us on Twitter earlier uh, someone put a vine of a goal that you scored was it against Leeds uh, and Little Chip Leicester Leicester was it because they were playing in yellow so I wasn't sure what do you remember? that was some goal what do you remember about that one
4: well it was, it was just a, a remarkable I, I'd already made sort of one full start the, the previous season that was away at Bolton at, at Bolton's old ground um, <laughs> there's one for the 90s for you. Yeah. Um, Baden Park, uh, and, was that, I think? Bird- yeah. Yeah. Park, yeah. And yeah. um, I, I had an assist in that game as well. So I only played an hour, but it was a great feeling. Like you said, it was only still a second year YTS, so I might have even turned professional by then. Um, but the following season, um, I, I, people, were, you know, Hurst was injured, Mark Bright was injured. Um, we just signed Andy Booth, a um, couple of, I think, maybe another striker who um, was you know, above me in the pecking order, if you like, he was just a young kid, uh, couldn't travel to to a pre-season tour that we went on. So I got an opportunity um, to play a few games and um, I managed to stay in the team for the start of the season and scored uh, on my full home debut against Aston Villa. Mm, I remember, and, um, yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's 19 years ago today. I thought, oh, I think, oh, really? Uh, which I think, yeah, somebody tweeted me today, uh, on this day in uh, 1996. Uh, and it's exactly it's the same day that David Beckham scored he's
1: and, and Ravinelli as and well in the halfway line yeah, yeah we spoke about that yeah, last
4: week so, so. Yeah. Um, so we scored that on the, on the Saturday then went to we went to Leeds on the Tuesday night and we won and I scored there uh, we went up to Newcastle on the following Saturday we won at Newcastle so we were top of the Premier League and then we played Leicester live on Sky on a Monday night um, David Earth came back into the team so I dropped into the field and that's the goal that I'd scored um, running from the halfway line and, and, and chipping the keeper and I think I get asked obviously a lot of times what's the greatest goal you know you've ever scored and that is probably up there for um, for different reasons you know carrying the ball and then tipping the mm-hmm. keeper you know people dream of doing it and yeah. I certainly tried to do it a few times before and after and it's never really worked so it <laughs> well
1: it was some goal now. Richie some goal you talked about uh, best I goal I
4: so remember also for Wednesday I, because we were you know we, I think for four or five games into the season we were top of the Premier League and um, I think we managed to finish maybe seventh or eighth of that scheme so that was a you know, productive season for
1: us all. Definitely. You talked about best goal. We're actually talking about kits tonight. What would be the uh, not not necessarily I so Remember a horrible bright orange kit that you may have had um, in that, that sort was of the era. one I was going to choose. Actually. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it was orange, very really show, bright, you know, wasn't it? it was
4: really, and I've seen pictures of really you know big baggy shirts and it like, we had hoop socks with it. Yeah, I wasn't really a fan of that
1: one. Were you at the club where I think it might have been the season before they had that weird green kind of kind of different type of turquoisey one as well, or was that a bit yeah, before you? Yeah.
4: Yeah, that no that's a, another story that goes with that shirt. Um I think it was um it was actually yeah, on my debut at Bolton in that green kit um, and the, I think the kit man had got my name wrong on the back of my shirt so oh, really? I, got to keep that, I got to keep that shirt brilliant that's a and, great uh, moment you get a new one printed
1: up yeah fantastic brilliant well before, before we let you go I mean you're still playing now which is unbelievable does it seem crazy that we're talking 90s football and here you are in 2015 and still playing league football as well I bet there's some of your teammates that don't really remember the 90s is there?
4: Well, that was, when that, um, I showed a couple of the, the younger lads um, that, the, the tweet about uh, on this day in uh, 1996, uh, 19 years ago, um, and I said, were you even born 19 years ago? And they were like, three or four of them went, no. <laughs> and he go, oh, OK, and we're teammates now. So, hey, he's, he's great. I have mean, worked at this before. I love being a professional footballer. How long I can keep going for? I don't know. I'm 38 in November. And, um, you know, it doesn't seem long ago since I left school and went to be, a, you know, a YTS to to learn the trade but I think that um, football's evolved and football's moved on and if you you have to try and move with it you know just the amount of strength and conditioning and nutrition and all that sort of thing and analysis that you can do now and GPS rest that you have for training is so different to when I first started but mm-hmm. I love it I love all everything that's evolved with it Brilliant. Um, because I, I think if you don't and, and you don't want to move with it you'll be sat in a pub one day and say, oh, well, it'll different when I was like, you know. And I don't want to ever be like that. I think the way the game's gone, it's faster, it's quicker, you have to be more, you have to be stronger and fitter. And I think I enjoy that side of it as well. So um, hopefully I'd like to stay in the game for as long as I can. But as a player, you know, I just want to keep going, you know, train every day like it's the last day I'm ever going to train. Brilliant. Um, you know, if I get to play, play like it's the last game I'm ever going to play.
1: Great. Well, thanks for talking to us, Richie. Pleasure.
4: Anyway. Cheers.
1: Thanks a lot. Cheers. Bye-bye. Cheers. That was Richie Humphreys from lots, lots of nice Sheffield Win. I'm glad you remember those kits because that green one was a shocker, wasn't it? It
2: was. It was Puma, wasn't it? I think yeah. Puma made it, Sanderson,
1: yeah. there's yeah, the sponsor. Sanderson, yeah. A, yeah. That was a shocker of a kit. Well, we're going to talk about some other, some might say shockers, but for most of these that we've got on our list, I actually love them because they're pure 90s, purely different. Uh, no templates, which is my absolute pain of the current kits as well. Um, I'm going to go kind of chronologically. So we're going go to go to Liam because. The early 90s is synonymous with an Arsenal kit that... It's been called many things, but I think the favourite name of it is the Bruised Banana, um, which was the Adidas kit, which I don't know, what, what do you call those black lines that are across it? But you owned it, didn't you, Liam?
0: I did own it, yeah. I owned it until quite recently, as I was explaining before. Um, but loss... Anyway, I won't go into that. <laughs> um, but I still think, single-handedly, that is the best and worst kit ever <laughs> Rolled produced, into one. Ever produced by any... Company. It's certainly
1: one that all, When you see those That we talked about earlier The worst kit lists Which is unfair Because they're not worse They're just different mm. But that is one that always comes up Isn't it
0: Yeah But it's also Like now it's really cool mm. Like you see You still go to the Emirates And you still see Like there'll be Three or four hundred people Obviously it's the stadium Is very spattered around yeah. um, Wearing that shirt yeah. It's become very cool It's also very expensive to buy Yeah no, uh, A lot of the, uh, empire, the Classic you know. shirts are Um I don't really know what you can say about it. It was terrible.
3: From let's, uh, let's be honest, non-Arsenal
1: fan Richard. Go what do you think of the Arsenal away of ninety-one?
3: I think the the fact it has the old Adidas logo on yeah. it. Yeah, that's um, what they call
1: originals now, isn't it? Original. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. Um, no, I actually really like it, mm. and, uh, but I really love garish kits anyway. So um, I couldn't. Don't get much garish than that. They John, do not get. John, what more garish do you think?
2: Stuff. I mean, in your Oracle in opinions that if well, that 's even a word i 've written thousands and thousands of words about football kits over the years, <laughs> but Liam stolen my thunder by calling it the best kit and the worst <laughs> kit that's genius you've described it perfectly so <laughs> that no, that's I, it I feel the same it, feel the same way it, it raised eyebrows at the time. I think the Russian side wore a blue and white version at the same mm. same period as well. And um, we've not we've not quite seen it's like ever since. Now they've really? never tried to repeat. I'm, I'm surprised at that as
3: well. Mm. What I love about all these amazing kits is that uh, there must have been one person who originally came up with yeah. with with the design, and then a, a whole room of other people who went, "Yep, that's the <laughs> that one. one. Yep. Yeah, not that plain yellow one. No, we want that that bruised banana looking kit. Yeah, it makes you wonder how they sold it to them.
1: The,
0: the, yeah. the, the, I yeah. know what you mean.
2: Yeah, I know what you mean. The
0: thing is, Adidas went on, I think it was about five or six years ago, and they produced a load of, um, like, zip-up tracksuit tops. Yeah. Uh, and they go on to another kit you're going to mention. Yeah. The, Man United one, the Man United Blue. Um, Man, yeah. And that one, and they sold, like, wildfire. Yeah, I can imagine. quite cool.
1: Sticking with Arsenal, going slightly later in the decade, there's a kit that, a small story that I always remember, I was in my school canteen, and this was the, the days before Twitter and before kit launches and things like that, and some guy walked in in this blue... I like to call it the lightning kit. Mm, I like um, that. One. And I had never seen... Well, I'd never seen Arsenal play in a blue away kit at that point because it was always yellow. Um, I, I remember they had the green in the mid-'80s as well, but that's outside the decade we're talking about. But, yeah, the lightning kit, I like to call it. I think it was Dennis
0: Bergkamp's first away kit as well. It 90... I think it was 94, 95. It was the first year they had uh, it. Yeah, not first night
2: kit, John? Uh, well, the, the, the big lightning one was 95, yeah. 96, because yeah. so they had a kind of... Oh, sober version. Yeah, like sober version, before, Yeah. yeah. What do you think of that one, Liam? Was that one of your favourites?
1: The, light, so. the
0: lightning one, again, it's tremendously dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's beautiful. Um, I think now it's appreciated more than it was mm. at the time. I think now you look back at it and you think it looks... Yeah, that's quite cool. And like if you get like a really small fit in one, as the fashion is these days, um, I think they can look really cool. I think at the time, it was... Probably terrible <laughs> <laughs> it, was it was a big
1: yeah. statement For night, though Wasn't it Because they changed Arsenal's Because they hadn't When was they, I mean Had they ever been blue Before like,
2: that John? I, um, They wore a Navy away kit In the 60s Okay but that was So same. for a long time then. Yeah,
0: yeah I, I don't understand why uh, For me Maybe it's because I'm a hardened Arsenal fan I don't know Should be red With white sleeves As the home shirt Yellow with blue sleeves For the well, away shirt you, ICC, I don't understand Why they change it
3: For me Arsenal are as much yellow As yeah. they are red Yeah Exactly, and you've yeah. got the
0: whole She Wore a Yellow Ribbon song course, and everything yeah. like that, which obviously sticks with the Arsenal fans, and it was really nice to see us in the cup final last year. Sorry, I know this isn't the 90s. <laughs> um, but Keep it 90s, we're, hashtag. Wearing <laughs> yellow, and doing, and all the fans turned up in yellow and everything like that, and I thought, I thought that was... I, I've never, ever understood why they had a blue away kiss. A third shirt is common now. The new That's one's blue, isn't kind it? kind yeah. of, yeah. yeah and again it's terrible moving so on then to um,
1: <laughs> one team that probably dominated the, the 90s when it comes to the kits because they felt that like they bought out a new one every five minutes and got into a lot of trouble for it and the man you mentioned earlier obviously liked to collar on them um, Mr Cantonard. and um, I mean you could pick out hundreds of main eye kits obviously we've already mentioned the blue one from the early 90s which may be repeated in the new third kit we're told by Adidas which is one of my favourites just again because it's so different it looks like maple leafs as I always think like printed on it but the, obviously the famous one is the... Uh, is it 90... The grey one? Is it 95, I believe? Where we all know the story. Alex Ferguson t- took the team out. They were 3-0 down at half-town Southampton. Blamed the kit. Uh, still lost the game, but they didn't... I think it was 3-1 in the end uh, when they changed to the blue and white affair. What did... But is that... A, could you imagine that being an actual reason? Or was that Fergie kind of just masking the performance? Or Fer- was it the kit?
3: Fergie is absolute finest. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I... I I actually, I must admit, now I'm, I'm going to come clean. At that point in the 90s, I think I was still a Man United fan. Oh, <laughs> where, where, <when> <laughs> Ian Holloway kid, would not be happy. No, no he wouldn't. But um, yeah, I'd, so I'd, I kind of just think it was all a load of bull, really. Yeah, I, you know, they were just but that is the common conclusion really isn't it but you don't see
1: a lot of grey
2: kits do you you don't you you see a f- you see a few more popping up and
3: all the new real
1: madrid one the away kits grey and don't I quite like it but is is you think because of that is that the reason well there was another
2: kit as well i think leeds wore a navy and green striped mm. kit yep. um, and George Graham was the boss at the time and this again, hotels. that's yeah. right, he pulled that he, they never wore that again yeah. after a bad result so there is, a, there is some kind of like form with this, the shirts affecting the performance in terms of visibility the shirt's got to be seen, that's, yeah. that's the whole yeah. point of it, so it is an unusual choice and I, I still can't understand why grey pops up every now and again well, yeah, why,
3: why can't grey be seen in a, in, a <laughs> in a backdrop of green and, and then, you know, fans wearing it, presumably red? It must in, be the miserable uh, faces
1: amongst the main eye. Were they all grey merging together? Yeah, I, think I don't it know. It <laughs> know. I like John's wearing a grey shirt in honour of this kid. Like, well. no, <laughs> a sea
3: of Southampton fans wearing red and white wouldn't exactly mask grey, would it? Mm. it?
2: Well, I think, it, it, I don't know, I'm don't. i not sure, but there's something, definitely something goes on. I remember going to um, a game recently and End were playing in Dark Navy and of course, you, you, they couldn't. They couldn't see them. They at night time, oh, okay. yeah. with floodlights. Yeah. They did disappear into the uh, right. into the crowd. So there's some. There is some evidence in for that. I think.
1: Hmm. Other main United kits that I'd like just to quickly mention is the Newton Heat halves. They, they, that was a, quite a special. That was a canton <laughs> I remember a goal against Wimbledon. He scored in that beautiful. kit Did they
2: have laces? I think they do. Oh, yeah. the Umbro that. laces.
0: Why is Marvellous. that never come really back? That
3: it will yeah. it has to well, Yeah.
2: I think, they were ba- I think they were banned I think the rest didn't like them oh really yeah they had to such a retro a I think they didn't so who was, had
1: it was Man United I think Oldham Villa, Villa and, and Switch.
2: United had it with their home kit yeah, yeah, yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah fantastic I used to love those and the last one I mentioned was the all black one which was nice and the all
2: blue one which have the uh kind of it had a whole Trafford kind of. M- it was a big club badge. Wasn't yeah, a it? big the, club yeah. badge, yeah. Because the black kit was the first ever black kit because that was when the rest stopped wearing black. So they were able to, teams yep. were able to wear black for the first time. Mm-hmm. We're, uh, running, we're slowly
1: running out of time already, which is, you know, when you talk about Kitschikan Can go, so I'm going to try and get through as many as you can in the last sort of few minutes. One I want to mention and just show the boys here as well is my favourite football kit ever. If I just go to my bag of chicks and here it is. Oh, beauty. This is the USA nineteen ninety four World Cup away shirt. Um, if again, those who are not much. on, uh, if some, yeah, I hadn't until... I Yeah, it's, it. it's I amazing in the. Flip. I'll let you feel it, man, because it's ridiculously <laughs> thick. It's the thickest shirt I think. Look, feel that, Gabe. Our, you know, laughing of our is laughing. He said, of outfit." Is it actually made of denim? I mean, it, that it must could be. well be because for those who don't it know, know it and, <laughs> and haven't on uh, social networking. It's. Yeah, denim is the colour. You can't you can't deny anything else, and it's got stars like the flag um, of the USA. It was worn at the not World Cup by guys like uh, Eric Wanolder and Kobe Jones, and of course Alexi Lalas, who captained the team. Um, yeah, my favourite kit ever. I don't think I know you. You did a. You were part of a website, uh, at Football Attic, that did the top yeah, 50 recently. Right. This it wasn't in right. the top
2: 10, and I was disgusted with it. Well, the home and away, we, we counted you as combined, You combined, you cheated. They, they, they had a, br- a brilliant combination. But it was, of course, it was supposed to be denim. Yeah. It was typically American. So again, it was a, designers were really looking beyond their... Um, you know, the immediate remit, if you like, to try and pull in these new ideas to sell them as replicas. That's when, that's what the 90s, that's what kind of fired 90s kit design. Uh,
1: going back to grey slightly as well, uh, just quickly, is the, the Chelsea Orange, oh. and I think the term was granite, is that what they called Graf- it?
2: Graphite. Graphite.
1: And tangerine. Ta- graphite and tangerine. That was a shocker, wasn't it, Liam?
0: Coors. course was, was the sponsor, yeah. Um, just reminds me of trying to think who it is now. Is it Frank Sinclair? Yeah,
1: Frank Sinclair. Erlin Johnson. I, I, it yeah, went with his ginger hair, I, didn't
0: it? I, I just see them just wearing it. It's awful.
1: It's, again, <laughs> again another colour that's never brilliant. been really repeated, is it? I, I
2: can't imagine why it ever would be, to be honest. I think a lot of 90, 90s kits, even the really bad ones, have got some redeemable features except for that Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> that is often... Find... The,
1: I always think the Coventry under the, 70s, the brown one in the early 70s and 80s, and that one, they're the two, that, for me, that always get when I see those kit charts they're the two that always get put on top and it's unfair because it's that 90s I think it's 95, 96 Chelsea kit is absolutely amazing and that's a sort of don't you think I should bring that back as a retro throwback go on
3: I, I would like to be able to go into like Sports Direct and just buy it off the shelf you know I would shake your hand if you were wearing it in the street
0: yeah. I think it is that I'm good.
1: sure like you said about the Arsenal I'm sure there's a few down Stamford Bridge that might be actually I don't know if they'll remember it oh no, no move on <laughs> stop the QPR on um, I'm just going to quickly talk about Goldie Kits before we go um, because they were probably at their most mental in the 90s um None, was of George Campos at uh, oh, ninety four. Yes, oh,
2: he made his own
3: kit, series of kits, yeah. A series.
2: Of, they were yeah. brilliant. Another one's fantastic. And of course, what's interesting is that prior to then, goalkeepers' jobs were you know mainly green, and they went from being anonymous to being the lairiest they could possibly be. Uh, we're
1: abs- um, um, Liam's just put one on, on his phone again We'll try and put these On Twitter later And this is a I think Adidas Were pretty responsible For Because I remember that one Which is a Liverpool one With some kind of weird Orange it's and like yellow it's, streaks it's
0: like they've been like Slash, yeah, by or a
1: mauled, or but something. yeah, and, and there was a, the Newcastle had the same. I mean, remember poor Pavel Cernicek? Oh, Round of applause, Pavel don't, say, don't
3: say poor Pavel Cernicek
1: <laughs> <laughs> But he had to wear some shockers until they got the the Sunset one, which I think it was late nineties. But he did. But I think the ultimate and I think it's kind of the staple hold of nineties goalkeeping kits. And it's actually sh- unashamedly the last full kit that I ever I ever wore was the nineteen ninety six year and ninety six goalkeeping kit, oh. the red one. <laughs> that was a
0: good kit. <laughs> It was awful, though, wasn't it? It was good. Nah it was good. I had that, yeah, that kit as well. It
1: was called the Refreshers kit, if the I remember right. Yeah, that's right. A, yeah. I don't think David Seaman have, didn't know what was going on when he saw that, and he had to wear. I mean, the grey kit, the England grey kit, was also one of the one again. Grey was one of the worst kits of the era. But Did that, they ever
0: wear that together?
1: Yeah, so, the semi-final, Year ninety six. Was
0: he? Was Seaman wearing, wearing
1: that? That's what. I, yeah, brilliant. that's what we blame it on. That's why he couldn't stop that Thomas Muller <laughs> goal. I know you, you can smile now.
2: <laughs> a <brief> of, <laughs> a brief of,
1: relief. of relief, That we didn't <laughs> win Euro '86. But yeah, goalkeepers, especially, you know, nod to George Campos. Because for me, I mean, I don't think you'd ever see. Would you imagine a, a player um, design his own kits nowadays?
3: No, uh, unless it was David Beckham before he retired. <laughs> yeah. but yeah, that iconic photo of Campos just leaping into the air with the was it the '94? It was like pink, green, yeah. yellow. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah even the shorts. Yeah,
1: everything. <laughs> Well, we, we were going to play a little sponsors game, but we unfortunately have already run out of time because we, we could actually talk it all day long. So, many thanks to Richie Humphreys first of all uh, on the phone. Some great memories there, and thanks to you to John the Oracle. Please buy his books and go check his website out. They are brilliant. We'll put links onto Twitter. Check out Sports Football Buzzfeed. What was it? What's Bu- the Twitter?
3: Buzzfeed at Buzzfeed UK FB on uh, on Twitter and Buzzfeed Football. Brilliant quizzes. There was
1: one the other that drove me mad. I can't remember which one it was. The name the football grounds was it?
3: Oh, from the. The map, the map game, yeah, that yeah. was hard. That, that test geography yeah. and
1: football knowledge. I don't, That was too much at once. I couldn't do that. Or well, I did a great one today. It wasn't Buzzfeed. I'm sorry, but um, it was named the Eng- most popular England lineups from each year of the 90s. I, mean, I was. I got one out. Jeff Thomas. <laughs> Damn you, Jeff Thomas. <laughs> Brilliant player though. And uh, thank you to Liam, Mr. Kit, or you know, you know, Arsenal expert. Sorry, we didn't test your sponsors. Are going to go? I- what quick couple birthdays?
0: Birthday! Oh, that's an that old was one. buried. Oh, he's
1: done it. Yeah, brilliant. But that's all we've got time for. We could have done a lot more. Maybe we'll do another kit podcast later in the season. But I'm Ash Rose. Keep it nineties. This podcast is a West Twelve Media and
2: Burble Media production.